Hi, welcome to the Xbox World Podcast. Uh, we hope you're well, and uh, thanks for, for tuning in. Um, the usual suspects are here this week, and that's uh, me, Tim, Matt, and yeah. Mike. Uh, and Mike's uh, fresh from E3, so I'm sure got some very tall tales to tell about that. And uh, Pellet's fresh from his uh, honeymoon, uh, riding uh, child-based roller coasters in, in Florida. How, how was it, Matt? It was good. It was... Uh... They weren't all child-based roller coasters. I wouldn't say that all Look, the Most of them were, though, weren't they? No. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a big roller coaster fan, so is Lucy. So we, you know, were at Bush Gardens and SeaWorld doing all the big roller coasters. Um, we might have gone to the Harry Potter world when it opened, yes. And Disneyland. Just, yeah, we went to Disney, but we went to Animal Kingdom. We went to Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom as well. And you know, I think my favourite is Sarah Aerosmith and... Terror Tower, both at Hollywood Studios, neither of which I is said were kidding. Is Aerosmith actually themed after the band Aerosmith? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you, you get introduced by them. <laughs> really Do you bad ride Steven Tyler's guitar? No, you, you ride a, uh, a stretch limo. And it's, you know, Rita Queen of Speed at uh, Alton Tower's really fast start. I I've never been. It's like 0 to 16, like zero seconds, whatever it is. Um, it's like a roller coaster that does. It's the only Disney roller coaster, in fact, that does loops, which I found, found very odd. Really? But it goes upside down. It's all in the dark, and you've got like neon signs, and they're blasting Aerosmith music out the back speakers behind your head, which is cool. So why is it a roller coaster just built inside an aircraft hangar or something? It's just built inside a, a building, really. But it's it's based on you have to get from point A to their concert in record time, so you're in a limo, and it's playing all their music out. So, no, that's good fun. And then we went and did... The Universal Parks. I'll tell you what, though. I went to... Six years ago, when I went to Disney, um, they were building the Lilo and Stitch ride. And as you guys know, I'm a huge, huge fan of Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, I don't get that. And yeah, I, I finally, know. finally got to go yeah, on it. And it was brilliant. It's, yeah, anything from Disney after Tarzan, but before the recent, you know, Princess and the Frog, all bad. I do like Lilo and Stitch. I've got to admit. Um, well, Tarzan had a Phil Collins soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a lot of Disney films have Phil Collins. And there's stuff like Bolt is Disney, and that was after. Bolt, I know it's not. Bolt's not good. No. Bolt was all right. No, but anyway, not. I watched it the other and of day. Course, with the Pixar stuff doesn't count because you expect no, to no, the absolutely not. From Pixar. But I, I don't know. Stitch it just reminds me of my cat really, and I, I really like of it. Your cat? Yeah, my cat. Right. So, so that's that's why I, I have a soft spot for Lilo and Stitch. And Mike, you've uh, just got back from LA. How was yeah. LA? Uh, all right. That's good. Excellent. Right. right, moving on then. It was um, um it was it was uh challenging, basically. I I think if E three is not a challenge, you're not doing it right. You know, any all of these conferences should always be difficult. Uh perhaps I made it a little difficult for myself by flying in on Sunday and flying back on Thursday night, you know. Mm. Uh you were trying to make the connect event. I tried on to make Sunday, it to Microsoft's but... Connect event on Sunday, but it sounds as if it's probably for the best I'm not and uh, I'm kind of conscious of overlapping what we recorded yesterday because, of course, we laid down a the, track. We laid down some tracks yesterday for, um, the, for the DVD. Cast. Yeah, uh, not on our next issue, which is coming next week, but for our issue after that. Uh, but I don't think it's going to hurt to no, to retry it, which means you're going to get to hear all the same jokes again. But we there are there is we should point out that on the Insider Cast in, in the one we're talking about now, um, there is, there is one section which is particularly good that we won't repeat today. 
Well, we can't repeat today. We can't repeat today because obviously uh, our Insider cast is, um, for those who don't know, is the, the podcast which is on our DVD, uh, exclusively on there. You can't get it anywhere else. And because our DVD is 15 rated, we're able to, you know, talk about um, stuff perhaps that we can't cover in the main DVD, our uh, main podcast. And, uh, and we, yeah, we had some interesting discussions yesterday, I think, about... Interesting. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Okay, that's the word. So we can't cover those today, but we can cover E3, Mike. Yeah, so, yeah, I arrived on the uh, Sunday night. Uh, American airports are just shit. They're just so bad. Mm. They it it took it took me an hour and a half to get through customs. It took us well over it. Yeah, about the same actually. We were one the last off the plane because I lost my ventilator on on the plane. Oh. And it took us. Ventilin. No, no, I think it was ninety minutes, and we got out the other side, and we had like travel booked to the hotel. And the Virgin rep was like, yeah, they had to go because they couldn't wait for you. So they got us another one. They didn't just leave us in the lurch. But yeah, yeah it was just ridiculous. And they were just so, so slow. And you have to, in the end, I think we skipped between like four different queues and we still were the last ones through. I've just got a huge problem with American security at airports anyway, um, which I'm sure is going to go on my file as I'm saying this. <laughs> but um, you go to an American airport and you're immediately greeted by a man with a gun. Essentially, it's someone who's armed to the teeth. is sitting on the other side of the counter with a face like a smacked arse. They haven't got a. They do have this video running which says, "We uh, we promise to greet you politely oh, and yeah, welcome oh, you yeah. into the United States." And uh, no, they don't. They don't do anything of the sort. They sit there <laughs> with a gun on their hip, and you walk up and they uh, they go they they beckon you over, say not a word to you except to question the many suspicious reasons why you might be in America. Mm, yeah, and then go on your way. Well, it, it depends, I think, a lot of the yeah. time. I mean, with with L- with LA at that time, they obviously know they're going to be getting a lot of journos through the door, and uh, and so they know that there's a show on and that kind of thing. I, I think it, um, but your experience is interestingly is is very different depending on which which airport you come into, mm-hmm. or even which which guy you obviously get. Of course. Uh, now, now that sounds obvious, but in, in the US, my experience up until the last time I went was that 99% of all uh, immigration officials were, as you described, yeah. complete automatons. But the, the guy I had last time was like uh, quite pretty friendly mm. and uh, the guy didn't, literally didn't right seem well. to give a rat's ass whether I came into the country or not <laughs> or, or what my purpose was. I found was. on my travels around Europe, though, that it's a very different experience and going to Canada as well. Canada's Flying into Canada is lovely. But flying into the United States is mm. just yeah, Canada's all right. Japan was lovely. They like welcome you in. They almost offer you drinks. So that, that you should fly into Hawaii because when you get off the plane in Hawaii, they give you they one give of those you the flower uh, things. Do they really do that? Yeah, I've they seen do. It on TV and stuff. No, they do. Yeah, when you fly into Honolulu. I'm not sure if I like that. I do. I thought it was nice. Nice touch. Okay. Yeah. Always, the first trip I ever did for this job always stays in my mind because we were flying to Montreal and back via Newark, and so you had the customs for the american side when you're flying back they were in canada so you didn't have to do it when you landed at newark and i had a really horrible guy um but there was another person there guy from GameSpot, and i overheard his conversation and his fingerprint wasn't working uh, so the guy was like oh it's not working do it again actually you know wait wait a sec you're not a terrorist are you and the guy's like uh no he's like Go on through then. <laughs> so so, so it's some, sometimes the question is only yeah. one right answer. To that <laughs> yes, so I am. sometimes you do get you know people you can have joke with. So uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, E3. Should run. Yeah, <laughs> get back to it. Uh, didn't go to the Microsoft Connect uh, event because I just didn't make it on time. But I ran. I actually did make it to the venue in time to be told I wasn't allowed to come in. 
And as everybody was filing out, they all told me, you, you missed nothing. You know, you, you missed absolutely nothing. Uh, the reaction was at the conferences the following day, Monday morning. Went back to my hotel, was allergic to every single thing in that room. Uh, they had uh, polyester fiber inside the quilt. I'm allergic to polyester, but that's okay because, same joke from yesterday, I'm a, polyester is allergic to fashion. Um, and they had feather sheet, feather, feather pillows, thing, allergic to feathers. Because mm. in the Connect event, they dressed you up in polyester. Yeah, outfits, I wouldn't be able to wear they? it. At least you don't wear a quilt outside. I guess it's true, it's true enough but it would have brought me out in a rash so I wasn't having any of that so I had to go and talk to the guys on reception and they were very kindly fixed it all up and then E3 started and I don't think my feet touched the ground for the, until the time, the time I got back on the plane at the mm -hmm. other end it is quite physically challenging and I know it should be and I'm in you know not to put my own trumpet or anything but I'm in pretty good shape mm -hmm. um, but it's you know you you constant you don't have time to stand still at all you have to keep moving if you're on if you're on a proper schedule where you have a meeting every half hour on the half hour and particularly if you did what I did which was make a really really bad job of all putting them all in one end of the hall what you should be doing is you know Monday no sorry Tuesday all at one end all in the west hall hmm. Wednesday all in the south hall but what I did I had a a big mix on all the days so I was constantly dashing between the two and it's it's LA so it's super hot. It's super, you know. It's it's kind of a, it's kind of grimy outside, kind of smoggy as well. Mm. It's just a, uh, it's not a, not a pleasant atmosphere to work in. You're surrounded by you know literally forty five thousand sweaty, stinking men, and and probably about five hundred women. Uh, there's people, and again, it's it's not a case of just getting from point A to point B. And you'll notice you can't just get from you can't just say, oh, I need to head over here now. You got to sort of you know navigate the crowd. Yeah, it's like the wor your worst day in London. Yeah, it's like all day in in E3. You know, I, I agree. I mean, I think I think a lot of people do do when they say, oh, you're going to E3. That's brilliant, and it is. Don't get me wrong, it's great. You know, I mean, it is one of the great perks of of being a games journalist is you do get to go to these shows and see games months before they're out but E3 is knackering it's totally shattering yeah. and, and by the end of the week more you so than Gamescom because I mean Gamescom when they say E3 is only for press they're kind of joking to be honest because you can get any man in his blog can get in there but if you're uh, if you go to Leipzig you know not Leipzig anymore Cologne now it's you, manageable it's, it's absolutely manageable I mean they have press from all over there but because they have, they have a public show separate like most of the bloggers and so on only get let into the public show and it's the the higher end sites and the print press and the lifestyle magazines and the, the newspaper journalists who mm. get into the press section and it's way more manageable for sure. And I think the other thing with uh, the LA Convention Center is it's so so massive. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a massive massive building. And uh, you know, when you say you're, you're walking from one end to the other, I mean, it's 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 a massive. It's walk. ten minute walk. Yeah, e easy. I was doing it in about six, I think, because I, I was walking super fast, but. It's a it's a good old long walk. There's some guy rocketing along on a Segway though. Yeah, He's flying along that corridor on a Segway. He was. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, good but thinking. yeah, people think like go to E3. Oh man, brilliant! You get to play all these games early. Yeah, you get to play those games early if you want to queue for an hour. Mm. Uh, I played in the entire time I was there. I played two games. I played Marvel vs. Capcom two, three, three. and um, I played Epic Mickey on the Wii, and that's it. Didn't play any other games. The rest of it was just interview time, presentations. Uh, meetings, lots and lots and lots of meetings, and the uh, stuff I uh, other stuff I actually got hands on with was outside of showtime. Yeah, it was coming back after the show yeah. to special events, playing Gears of War three after the show, mm. playing Kinect after the show, yeah. playing um, the new Front Mission game after the show. It was always 
coming back. It was never actually on the show floor. Because on apparently on the last day of the conference, and I didn't see us myself because I shot off around about mid uh, three o'clock because I had to get a plane. But uh, the queue to play on the 3DS uh, was going out of the door of the convention centre. That's that's almost a, a serious uh, queuing. That's a, almost a 150 meter queue. Yeah. I mean that's that, that if when you got a sign saying four hours from this point, forget about it. Give it up. Yeah. So uh, I guess the the overall uh, vibe from the show was that there weren't any massive surprises. Uh, I guess the surprises that that were there were games that surprised us that we already knew about uh, i.e you know you talked a little bit on re- on your return about spec ops which we we put on our cover very before christmas yeah. uh, very we, sub- we went out to see it in berlin and and you know it looked it looked pretty good it looked like it needed a lot of work and uh, in the intervening period they've done a lot of work on it and it looks pretty good now and i think that was a general sort of vibe you came back with was that there were a lot of games like that you know there were a lot of games that you know, you went out there with moderate expectations for that turned out to be pretty yeah, good. Yeah, the surprises weren't like in in announcements and so on. It was in is in the quality of the software that was there. It really was, I think, one of the strongest years ever for E3, or no, perhaps not one of the strongest years ever for surprises and you know new things on show. It was a lot of things we already knew about. For some, we only learned about the week before. Some we learned about a year, you know, a year ago, but. So much of it was really strong. One of the most surprising uh, things, I think, was when you came back and said, you know what, Mortal Kombat, that's, that's all right. Yeah, but it's not, is it? It's rubbish. Like, that's the thing about Mortal Kombat. It's, 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 it's supposed to be rubbish. Yeah. And that's exactly what the new one yeah. looks like. It so looks, it's all right. Yeah, it looks, looks, like looks like a proper Mortal Kombat game. It's interesting, uh, Mortal Kombat, because we talked about it a little bit before, um, before you went off to E3, because obviously that video... Uh, appeared on YouTube. Yeah, that viral kind of thing. Movie. Which apparently is like lining up a, a potential new movie, and a lot of people thought at the time maybe it's lining up a new game. You know, that's going to be what the new game's like. Oh, and I think, I think we were sort of, kind of, ho- were sort of hoping that it might go in that direction. I think ju- so, yeah. Just because it was okay. I mean, the, like the video, um, the film, sorry, short film was was pretty well made. Mm. It was a bit cliched, but it was pretty well made and it looked quite fun. And it would have been for Mortal Kombat series quite an interesting new I direction. Think a good reboot. It's like grounding it in reality the same way Batman begins. Yeah, Batman in reality. Exactly. Like these are the origins of these, you know, these fantastical characters. Uh, but, uh, and we yeah. sort of started throwing around the ideas of what it could be, and then next day the shots dropped, and we realised it was yeah, just it was, Mortal Kombat, the same it was as ever. Bondage Lady. It was Throne of Skulls. Skelly it Man. Skelly Man. It was. <laughs> Uh, it was lizard man. Yeah, it was, and it was you know a, a fighting tournament taking place in a thirteen-year-old boy's head. Yeah, you know it's uh, that's Mortal Kombat. That's Mortal Kombat. And um, is it? I mean, is it quite violent then? Yeah, it's the most violent Mortal Kombat ever. Right. But again, with the fatalities, it's like how many times can you watch a man get sword at the center? You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it looks awful, and it, like the yeah, it's a good-looking game and everything, but. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if after that trailer came out, Ed Boon put his head in his hands and was just like, "Oh, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> what have I done?" Because the thing is, like, Mortal Kombat very much comes from that early '90s or Image Comics time, you know, mm. when guys like Rob Liefeld were like having it large, you know, and Mark Silvestri and Jim Lee and so on. Mm. They were all kicking off Image Comics, and it was all about, you know, big titty ladies in like no clothes and loads of blood and you know guys with like angels with swords it's just all mad fantasy stuff you know yeah. and that was like what was big at the time 
And it's been 20 years, man. Mm. 20 years of Mortal Kombat. And Ed Boon's been making the one game for 20 years. Can you imagine that? And you wonder if, like, maybe it couldn't... You have, instead, like, when I say reboot in Mortal Kombat, they couldn't have used a proper reboot, you know? Yeah. Like a reboot which really just changes the themes, changes the setting, and makes it more relevant. Like, kids these days, they're not sitting there reading, you know, like, Rob Liefeld comics, although I'm sure some are, and you shouldn't be. But... They're not doing that. They're 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 because like when we were kids, what we do we want to watch? You want to watch stuff like Predator, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, kids these days want to watch stuff like Saw, you know? Yeah. They want to watch stuff like uh, Hostel or whatever, and that's maybe the kind of atmosphere they should be going for with Mortal Kombat these yeah. days. And that's what I would have done with it. Ed Boon's taken it in his direction, and it looks really stupid and fun. So yeah. So tell us a bit more about uh, some of the other the other games, and then we'll move on to Connect. Deus Ex look great, of course. Yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of people that was the game of the show. Uh, there's a lot of the, uh, people saying that. Child of Eden was the game of the show as well. For me, that was my game of the show. Uh, it's that's of course the Connect controlled Res sequel. Oh yeah, it's a sequel. I mean, it's um, it's been ten years since Res on the Dreamcast. Uh, a lot of people never thought they'd see a sequel to Res, but it was always one of Tetsuya Mizuguchi's like projects that he really wanted to get done. And you get the feeling that he's been waiting for Connect. He's been waiting his entire life for Connect. Uh, it's this game with Res, you know, you, you you play it, and it was about this, and the pronunciation's going to go crazy, but it's about synesthesia, you know, you sort of, you become one with the game, the, the sounds and the lights and the spectacle of it all get mixed up into one thing, but you always have this barrier between you and the game, which is the controller, and that was, like, always the barrier, and yes, like, vibrating your hand is pumping away, and it feels good, it feels real nice and everything, but at the same time, you're still... It got was, that block between you and the game. It was almost like a light gun gameplay with the controller. Yeah, it was so, that kind of block. Not not quite as bad, but I always felt like you needed some sort of movement there. You, and with Kinect... You kind of... Yeah, there's, there's always going to be that distance, you know, that was that was built into the game. And, you know, Mizuguchi works around it by making, you know, the, the trance vibrator and the... And, it, of course, when it came to PlayStation, the DualShock just vibrates away and it does so on 360 as well. But, again, you've still got this bit of plastic in your hand. Now... This game, Child of Eden, is a game you control with an open hand. You just you just gesture, you know, you swing your hand, you sweep your hand across the, the things you want to kill, and it's not in this case not kill, you actually purge, you clean them. So all these things are infected and you're you're zapping them to clean them. And it uses the exact same system as the eight point lock on, uh, and you just like cast your hand forward to, to blast them. It's uh, a game you genuinely play with your body, and it's a genuine core gamer's game that's working with Kinect. And it's, I mean, for people who haven't seen it in action, it's very much in a sort of minority report kind of there was mold. Certainly, certainly the gestures you're making. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, um, when they were making a minority report, they, they worked on this whole way of controlling a computer. And the idea was it would be controlled like almost like a, a Tai Chi kind of thing. So you use elegant movements to control the computers. And when, uh, when The Miz or Tetsuya Mizuguchi was demoing it on stage, that's, you know, sure enough, that's what it looks like. You see the man from behind, it looks like he's gesturing in this way. He's clapping his hands to change his weapon and so on. He's swinging his arms up in the air to hit the smart bomb. And, you know, it's all of those things together. It actually quite, and you, you have to believe you control the camera with tilts of your body as well. So it actually creates kind of quite a nice dance between you and the game without it ever being a prescribed dancing game, much like Harmonix is Dance Central or something. You know, it's not saying, do this. It's still a game. It's still a real game where you have, you know, control and a degree of autonomy. Uh, and it's a game I think you can just genuinely become a part of as much as you want to. You can sit down and play it with little flicks of your hand, or you can stand up, sway your body, you know, tap your foot, really get into the game. It's a 
genuinely new way of playing something that gamers have been playing for years, the Panzer Dragoon, Star Fox-style shooter, mm-hmm. you know? And it's by far the most interesting game on Connect at E3. And, of course, uh, Miyamoto said it was his game of the show. Allegedly, yeah. Uh, there's some debate about whether he did, because that comes from a guy who works for Q Entertainment. Oh, right, But, okay. um, I mean, he would have he would have been the only one who could have told anyone anyway, because Miyamoto would have been given a private showing. Yeah. You know, he's not sitting in there with, with me, I'm not... He, he and I aren't sitting side by side. That's right, playing the game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Charlotte of Eden was probably the most impressive thing on Connect. I guess oh, without apart, question, apart yeah. from Forza, maybe? Well, Forza was interesting. I mean, it wasn't on the show floor or mm. anything, but it was shown at the conference. What was interesting about it was that it's a game which is already pushing the 360 a fair old way, uh, almost to its limits, some might say. And it's got Connect bolted on top which a lot of people thought couldn't be done because a lot of people were under the impression that Kinect was chewing up a whole core on the processor. Now, in our next issue, not the one that's coming out next week, but the following issue, you'll read an interview with one of Ubisoft's tech guys who puts a figure on just how much of the processor it's chewing up, and it's a very favourable number. It's a number that can be bolted atop you know, other games. So you can take, for instance, a Halo in theory and add head tracking to it so you can lean around corners and so on. This is like... A big thing because it means in future versions of you know Codemasters racing games you can have head tracking in, and it means in future shooters games like Arma, Arma Two, which was, was supposedly still coming to 360, although we'll see about that. But on PC, that supports head tracking. You just tilt your head and you look around the corner. These are big things that Kinect could be doing without too much overhead on the machine. The rest of the Kinect games, I think, were probably what we expected them to be—a sort of mix of. Uh... We casual, yeah, casual. At the same stuff. time, though, they they were still disappointing. I mean, Connect isn't oh, isn't the Wii remote. It really isn't the Wii remote. It's much more. It has much more potential than that. It can it can do much more, and yet they showed it off with a bunch of Wii games. Yeah, I guess the thing with Microsoft is that it's, it's so obvious what their their policy is here is to get some of that pie, and uh, and you know by by giving you know casual punters uh, kind of games they recognize i think that's probably an easy in for them i, I agree it's not really using the power of connect but I, you can see why they're doing it and you can see that you know for someone like say for my daughter like the connectimals thing is oh, she's gonna, love she's gonna it. absolutely love I, it i said this when i got home i said like someone was saying to me like oh man that was an awful show i was like yeah but you show that connectables there that adorable little asian girl playing with the um the, the little fuzzy guy on the screen, yeah. who, by the way, had the most confidence of anybody who came out on stage that night, apart from maybe that morning for, um, for me, uh, apart from maybe Dan Greenwalk. She came out on stage and just commanded it. Yeah. Commanded the stage. Uh, when we were watching, of course, you guys couldn't see it watching the video feed at home, but we were all sitting watching, and all of a sudden, in the shadows, this tiny little girl comes sprinting out from the right and just sits herself down cross-legged on the stage. And I was like, uh-oh, this, this can't be good. <laughs> this can't be good. And sure enough, they showed Connectimals next. And it was, it was gripping viewing, just because, like I say, this little girl, children with that degree of confidence are terrifying things. You know? See, I'm mysterious. I only got back in the country at the weekend, so I haven't even heard of Connect. I mean, bear in mind, she's only yeah. a hair older than your little one, really. She's probably only like two years older than your yeah, little one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, that degree of confidence in front of... What, like 400, 500 just dudes? Yeah, well, just, I mean, just, you could, just straight dudes. I mean, you can see how nervous a lot of the people who, yeah. who were up there were. Exactly. I mean, I'd be absolutely grown, grown men, I've got up on stage, you know, they were you know, really quite nervous, yeah. like visibly nervous, you know. Uh, so is it's, it basically it's, like an iPad thing? It's, it's Nintendo Dogs with um, little fuzzy right. uh, jungle critters. But they're like, they're all 
cats, you know, like tigers and lions and okay. yeah, snow was, leopards. Yeah, and, this, hmm. yeah, so she said she plays with this thing, and I was watching it thinking, you know what, this, I hate it. I hate this. But you show this to any parent in the world, and you've sold them an Xbox yeah. and Connect. You know? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's the in on these. I think hopefully, you know, later on down the lines, you know, games like uh, Forza and Child of Eden, those kind of games will be a sort of, you know, way in for, for, for other, you know, developers to make better use of technology but you can you can see why microsoft are doing it forza is a funny one as well because we don't actually know what it is it was a shown with forza 3 branding all over it so we know it's not forza 4 mm. whether it's a downloadable update or whether it's a disc-based update no one really knows or if it's just a whole new game forza something forza connect we don't know but it's whatever it is it's coming next year so let's bust one of the myths about uh connect then mike which is the uh delay on it the yeah the latency supposed it's, it's there. latency it's there i mean yeah, there's no denying that. I, I used Move at the show as well, and there's no latency on that. But in, of course there isn't. It's a you know it's a device that's connect essentially connected to the machine. Um, yeah, there's latency on Connect. Uh, it, you will have seen it looking quite exaggerated in videos because those gigantic screens have a lot of you know a lot of latency on them as well. Which is why when you see guys at these shows playing different games, they're looking at a small screen. Harmonics they, never use the big screens. They have little screens at the bottom and yeah, the floor. It's, so they it's, can play it's down to two with. things. A, it's impossible to play on a screen that big anyway because you've got to keep moving your head. Mm. And B, the screen down on your feet has got a much higher response time. Uh, anyone who's ever bought a computer monitor will probably know about response time. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a serious issue. I went to a Street Fighter event a couple of months ago and uh, all of the tournament guys there were complaining because Capcom was setting up with TVs which had like a, a four or five millisecond response time in that was way too slow for them. In comparison, I think um, the number Microsoft are giving is about an 8 to 10 millisecond response time on um, on Kinect. But it, um, it varies from game to game. It really is down to the implementation. So if you've got a game which is listening for your voice, which is checking every body movement, because you can set it to only look for arm movements or only for head movements or to just track the entire body. So if you've got it set to track everything, it's obviously going to be a little bit slower than if it's just looking to see if you're tilting your head. Uh, and those things all make a big difference. And by big difference, I mean we're talking like a hundredth of a second here and a hundredth of a second there. Uh, I think a tenth of a second was about average for the games we were playing. And for the games we were playing, it didn't really matter because they were silly party games and it was it's just everyone's having a laugh. You know, it did, you don't, Nobody was really caring about that kind of thing. I mean, Kinect was never going to be the game you're controlling the next Street Fighter with anyway. Mm. It was never going to be the game you're playing in the next Halo with. But it might be a supplement to those games, and in those cases, it'll be fine. Um, so moving on from Kinect, I guess one of the other big uh, uh, big talking points of the show was uh, Metal Gear Solid Rising. Yeah, which demoed beautifully, I thought. Interesting sort of direction they've taken it in, uh, i.e. cutting people into tiny, yeah. tiny pieces. But I was saying this to uh, one of the guys in the office. He was like, oh, that's a really different approach. And I was thinking, you know what? It, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not because in Metal Gear Solid 4, you had this stealth game, this sneaking game, where they said, don't get seen, don't engage anyone in combat. And then they gave you all the guns in the world. I mean, just all the guns in the world. I think there were 70 different weapons in that game. I mean, there were 14 pistols alone. 14 pistols. Most games have one. It, it, they were insane, you know. It was it was gun it was just gunishment to an insane degree. Uh, Hideo Kojima loves guns. I mean, he really likes guns, and so he just had his guys modeling gun after gun after gun after gun in the game. And ultimately, all you're doing is pointing the, the gun at someone, pulling the trigger, and they die. One gun does that as good as any other in 
in the game, but they all felt slightly different and he got it, the feeling just right. But of course you weren't supposed to use them. And I'm wondering if Rising is very much the same kind of thing, you know, you've got this sword and you can chop guys into a million different pieces if you want and you can do it in the most, you know, satisfying and gripping way, you know, in slow motion and when you can just take little portions off them and turn people into sushi, essentially. You can even just wound them, you can cut to wound, you know, you can take a hand off or a leg off. This is the first game to have done that. In all other games with dynamic slicing, it's always been death. Try to take their fingers off, dead. In this game, it's going to be, you're going to, to, be, you're going to be able to be non-lethal with them. And it's almost going to be, you know, this constant temptation. Yeah, you can spend the entire game hiding, because Raiden's really agile, and he, he hides up low, up high rather. Whereas Snake is constantly on his, you know, on his belly, Raiden's going to be up high, looking down on guys, a bit like Batman, you know? And maybe you don't use your sword very often. Maybe you only use it when you're really forced to. Or maybe you're the guy who goes through just slicing people up. I mean, you could play Metal Gear Solid 4 as if it was Gears of War if you wanted, but it was up to you how you played it. And I'm sure Rising will be very much the same case. It's going to be, what I'm saying, I guess, it's going to be for swords what Metal Gear Solid 4 was for guns. Yeah. One of the interesting things is that they were they seem to have emerged this week that uh, I think we, we speculated about this in the office, actually, but whether... Uh, you know, there's going to be Metal Gear Solid Rising, and then there's going to be the main Metal Gear. There's going to be the Snake Metal Gear yeah. at the same time. Um, it sort of makes me wonder whether I mean Rising is obviously coming to 360. It makes me wonder whether Metal the main Metal Gear we might see that on 360 as I, well. I think so. I think it's the main Metal Gear has been done. We've done four games in the main Metal Gear series, and only two of those games do you control Solid Snake. Mm. I mean, you control him for a little bit of Metal Gear Solid Two. But most of that game spent is Raiden. Mm. You spend the whole of uh, of uh, Metal Gear Solid Three as a uh, big boss, who's basically Snake. But you know, it's it's not it's, it's not, not uh, uncommon same. for them to you know play for you to play as a different character in the Metal Gear Solid games. Mm. Uh, whether we'll see the next one, I mean, Peace Walker on PSP was originally called MGS Five. You know, it was going to be the, the fifth Metal Gear game. So I don't think he's fussed about what format it appears on. Just that it's you know the format's right for the game. I mean, he's got he's got a policy of of uh, it's a bit like a Bungie's policy of yep, this is the last one, and then something yeah. else comes. Every out. Metal Gear game's the last Metal Gear game, you know. Yeah. Uh, but as long as it's uh, as long as it's the one game in Konami's catalogue which is guaranteed to make money, yeah, then it's going to do good. So what what else? Um, you know, what else sort of floated your boat at E3? Then what surprised you? Maybe it's really hard to say when you're forced to pick it out because you move through all these things in such mm. a blur. I mean, obviously they revealed the new Xbox there. Yeah, they revealed, yeah. revealed the new Xbox. Which today I was looking at it online actually because again I'll just go. Over. I only got back in the country a couple of days ago, so I'm still catching up. Some of this is new to me, and stumbled upon some info that we're not quite sure hasn't been hasn't been verified, uh, verified yet. No, but but apparently the new uh, 360. Uh, is Connect enabled in so much that you won't need an additional power supply for when Connect comes out at the end of the year? So it'll just run off of USB and things. Yeah, like I mean the new Xbox has five USB ports, so maybe Connect will use two. I don't know. Well, but, um, from what I heard was they were saying it's Connect ready because you can plug it into the USB port mm-hmm. and still have three USB ports free, which is what you which you can't do with the older current Xbox. Yeah. So, for example, if you wanted to use Four controllers with the new uh, the new Xbox, they would all have to be you know some most of them would have to be Absolutely. wireless because you'd have the Kinect chewing up a uh, hmm. socket, and also of course if you've got a Wi-Fi adapter, you've got that chewing up another socket. One thing that is interesting about the new 360 is that the wireless connectivity on it, wireless N, is actually a dongle which is connected by an internal USB socket. Oh, right. So in theory, 
they could later on sell a wireless-free Xbox just by not plugging in. Yeah. It's not as if it's built onto the board. It's just a, a little slot. What about... Um, uh, you talk, We talked mentioned it a little bit earlier, Spec Ops. Tell us a bit about Spec Ops, because that's really come on over the last... Yeah, I think it's by far the best-looking Unreal Engine game that's not named Gears of War. It's amazing. It, it looks fantastic. I mean, it looked okay back when I saw it in December. Uh... And now it looks absolutely beautiful. It looks really good. And I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. I mean, it surprised us when we first saw it. Uh, but so much of what the game, what, what is the game wasn't in place then. The things like, you know, making the choices. You know, there are points in the game where you'll have to, you'll see a guy, for instance, being tortured. And you can intervene. And it's going to cause you a lot of trouble. Or you can just go on and it's not. And it's a decision you make with a bullet. But what wasn't shown in the, you know, the demo we, when we, went over to Germany in December was that you have, you know, your two, two guys on your side. One is urging you to engage and one is saying, no, don't. We, got, we have a mission to do. We have to keep going. You're and, and, and they an make pretty persuasive arguments. You know, they're, 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 they're really they're saying, well, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's this, it's that. It's, you know, it's, we, 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 owe it to, we owe a duty to these people. The other guy's going, we've got no duty to these people. We've got a duty to our mission. And they will, go, they will talk to you for a long time about this. And they, they've recorded the dialogue for it. That's, um, Do you I reckon that will lead to conflict towards the end? Well, I think at the end of the game, one of them will turn on you based on yeah. the decisions you've made along the way. You know, that would be the obvious choice to do, but perhaps it's so obvious that's not what they'll do. Yeah. But it's um, it looks like a solid shooter, but I think what's going to make it is the degree of of um, connection you'll have with the world. It's a, it's, a re- it's a very different story, and it's a, a ripping yarn the game's telling. And it's told with these guys who are around you who are constantly giving you feedback on the situation. If there's a guy hiding behind a red truck, they will say... There's a guy behind the red truck. If you use your command system to direct them to, you know, clear out a bus, you won't just say go over there. You'll say clear out that bus. You know, they've, they've recorded thousands of context-sensitive bits, so that you always feel like you're really connected to the world. It's a small thing, but if you're prepared to put the de- that kind of detail into those mm. little things, it only shows what kind of detail they're going to put into the big things. Sounds good. It does sound good. And uh, the only thing I wish with that game is they give it a good title. <laughs> Spec Ops: The Line. Uh, I just think like- that it's such a blando title and I think Spec Ops is a is a title that kind of I guess people kind of identify with but um, I don't know what the line specifically refers to whether it means you know stepping it's over the stepping line over or the line, yeah. I just think it's a, just a non-event they, they should have given it something like bullet something or you know do you know what I mean like something yeah. that really captures the imagination well, if it's like you know retelling of uh, Heart of Darkness you know go you know Apocalypse Now is one of the most memorable movie titles yeah. of all time you know yeah you can uh, you can you can out Apocalypse Now Apocalypse Now maybe yeah yeah but um, what well, tell us a bit about Rage as well because you had an interesting take on that yeah so Rage is uh, obviously a great looking game it's it's new game it's uh, it running on id Tech 5 which is the most amazing engine I think I've ever seen Beyond yeah I mean Cry Engine 3 well, it's a, this is a very different engine, but the biggest difference is that um, id Tech 5 renders massive open worlds at 60 frames a second on a 360. And I, I mean, in, in motion, it just looks incredible. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people are coming away from it at an event saying it's their game of the show and so on. But I don't think it was their game of the show. I think it was their engine of the show. I think people who were seeing it and getting so blown away by their technology, which is mind-blowing, that they didn't really notice that the game itself wasn't Anything that to be for me that I would really want to play. I mean, it's just, it's you know, there's a set an extended a little period of car combat, and what's the one thing you don't do in a game, right? Stick guns on a car. 
when is when has a game with guns on the car ever been good? And let's not do that twisted metal thing because I know Sony thought it was worth closing their conference with, but I don't think any of us did, right? No. Guns on the car have always, you know, t- they tend not to be great. What was the Sega Guns on the Car game? Um, Full, Full Auto, Auto, Full Auto yeah. yeah. Uh, another Chateau game, yeah. yeah. It's a, a Vigilante, game, yeah. G- g- car games with guns have you know, got a long history of being rotten. And that bit, you know, sure, it's an open world game and, you know, you're going to have races and so on. And, but that bit, to me, was like one of those guns on a car games extended, you know, for a little bit. And it, it, that part just didn't look fun. And then they get into the town and it was very, uh, very Fallout, very Fallout 3 styled, very, you know, that's, that's cool, it's fun, you a bit of RPG stuff going around chatting. And then they went underground and it was very, very Doom 3. Oh, yeah. Very Doom 3 underground. <laughs> and I know a lot of people really sort of, you know, really love Doom 3 and I'm, I'm one of the guys who's sort of on the fence. I, I don't think it's a particularly great game, but I really enjoyed it. You know, I really had some fun with Doom 3. But I'm, I'm worried that maybe the constituent parts aren't nearly as good as the tech that it's running on. Yeah, I've I got to confess, I saw the online, I saw the demo, you know, someone else given the demo that yeah. you, you were given. And, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my impressions of it were that uh, it looked staggering. I mean, it looked like the best thing I've ever seen on the 360. <laughs> yeah, no question. I mean, it just looks amazing. Was it demoed on PC? No, no demoed on 360. 360. It yeah. looks incredible. But then he, he drove a sort of buggy down through through a sort of canyon into into like a sort of plateau, I guess. On the demo you saw, did he do that thing that you get in every single game where a car has guns on it, which is where two cars ended up banging into yeah, one another. Yeah, that's exactly and they stood, it. they were parked against one another. Firing. Blasting. Yeah. yeah, and that was when I thought... Mm, Happened in my demo as well. Okay, all right. Uh, and that was the first bit, and I was thinking, not sure about that. And then the second bit was was the, was exactly how you described. It was Doom Three. Yeah. It was it was a beautiful version of Doom Three, <laughs> yeah. but it was Doom Three. And, and I just thought, do you know what? I, I think that this. I mean, if you look at its sort of back catalogue, I mean, they have got some great games. Don't don't get me wrong. They've got great games, but it's the same game. Uh, and and this is that so game. Well, they, they conceded that in the presentation I went to. They conceded it's a very different game for it. Very different, but they said you know, they said we invented you know the first person video gaming with Wolfenstein, which I dispute, but still, uh, they said they invented it and they wanted to evolve it. They wanted to bring it forward, you know, make a, a real shooter in a, this open world and make a. I mean, people have tried to do the open world thing in, with shooters before, uh, with some success. Fallout uh, is kind of but got shooter elements. Borderlands Far Cry 2, Borderlands. Borderlands probably has done the best job of it. Mm. Uh, but now Borderlands can't touch, can't, you, no. you absolutely can't touch Rage graphically, you know, it really can't. But I think Borderlands, we might be you know, sitting here a year and a half from now saying that Borderlands is the better game. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. It's, uh, in any case, it's going to be a game which is going to sell like crazy because if you want to show off what your machine can do. And we were just talking the other day, right, about how far the consoles come just on technology, you know, mm-hmm. just on software rather. You know, it's, the hardware hasn't moved on at all, but the software... No one could have even dreamed of a game no. looking like Rage back in 2005. No. Uh, and they back in 2005 when, when we were playing um, Condemned, loading up the clunky dashboard that the 360 yeah. had. Oh, perfect Dark Zero. Just, I know, it's, it's, it's mad. It's, it's, it's amazing also in, in the sense that those early screenshots of, of Rage we saw, we assumed because of its 
sort of tech background that they'd all be running off PC, yeah. and, and then maybe they were. At the time, but but but, now. but the fact that the game turned up and looks exactly like those early mm-hmm. screenshots is just testament to the the power of that tech. And uh, you know, I mean, we, I guess it sounds like we're being negative about it. We're not being negative about it. We're just being just. I think there's a. It looks amazing, but there's a caveat, and that yeah, is. And, and that, no one's been saying this. No one's been yeah. making this, and, uh, this yeah. website argument, and I think there is one to be made. Well, what? And, and sorry, Matt, I was just to make, make a final point on on rage is that one of the interesting things we were talking about in the the office the other day was um, how rage might be perceived differently uh, in different territories. So by that we mean in the States where uh, the journalists and the critics are very, very much into their tech and how it performs uh, technically. And and from that standpoint, you know, they're very big on their frame rates and that kind of thing. You can see rage critically blowing the ceiling off you know you can see it doing amazingly well whereas in 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 europe especially in the uk where perhaps we're a bit more uh circumspect maybe and a little bit more you know uh we look at the kind of and i think that the way that the uk has scored a game like alpha protocol compared to the us where you know alpha protocol looks terrible i mean looks <laughs> like ass yeah i had a chat with the guys out there and the way i described it was i said you know it's under long development time so it's a little behind the curve i think graphically but, you know, it's well ahead of the crew on its RPG mechanics, well ahead of it. As you say, the Americans, uh, American press really, you know, really took that game down. And Obsidian are aware of that. You know, it was a point that was, when I was chanting at the show, they, it was a point they made. You know, it really reviewed well in Europe and not so well in America. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that, you know, a lot of the European journalists are much more PC, came from a PC background, and certainly a computing background. In the UK, there's a Spectrum and, you know, the Amiga. Across Europe, it was big time PC. And those guys, you know, are really looking for a big meaty RPG you can get really get the teeth into. I think the uh, American press took it to task for various reasons. I won't like to say what those reasons are, but I know Obsidian think it's more because it didn't, it just didn't look the part. And you know, in the, in the UK, the generally of protocol scored pretty well, I think, yeah. because people were able to look beyond the fact that it looked like total ass to the fact that it was a, a great RPG. And I, I wonder whether the same, we were talking about in the office, I wonder whether the same might be true of, of Rage in a couple of years' time. I don't know. I mean, Rage, maybe Rage is such a huge game and it will arrive on such a wave of, of kind of hype and stuff that a lot of people will be fooled into thinking it's a lot better than it is. Or maybe it will be that good. Uh, or maybe it just genuinely will be brilliant. I mean, they've still got time. It's yeah. Id we're talking about. I no, don't absolutely. think they're going to be a I mean, game. I'm certainly not writing it off. I just think it's quite an in... It was quite an interesting discussion I thought we had in the office, which is why I thought I'd you know, bring it to the podcast because I think it's, uh, it's you know, in two years' time we'll we'll see whether we were right in a well, you know right in our thoughts. Perhaps finally before we wrap up E3 talk, one game. As I say, I've only seen a few games here and there which were shown, but one game which looks great, but I don't think there's any doubt as to how great it will be is probably what I'm most looking forward to, and that's Portal Two. Oh right, Portal, yeah, Portal Two yeah. just looks. It hurt it's my brain just looking unbelievable. at that. Unbelievable. I was watching that. I was thinking, demo. this is too tricky for me to work out. Like yeah. half it, I was sitting there thinking, I'm going to have a field day, like an hour in each room, just trying to figure out these puzzles. And it's not a little two-hour game like the first game was. No. It's, so it's a, a full-size full game, size yeah. game. And it's, you know, most importantly, that what that means is they can really take their time teaching you things. They couldn't just drop you into one of Portal 2's puzzle rooms at no. the end of Portal. They didn't have enough time to teach you the skills you'll need to get through it. I mean, they've got stuff like the bouncy gel, the fast gel. Yeah. Even just like this, the element where you've got that companion cube that it's like a mirror and you're bouncing laser beams through portals. Yeah. That alone, I mean, that is hours and hours worth of puzzles they can create with that one element. Yeah. It's and astonishing. And it being Valve, you know they won't. 
no, no they'll, they use, they'll use it for just long enough yeah and then they'll dump it and give you something else well i started there's obviously like about a 15 minute video online i started watching it i've seen little clips from it i started watching it from the beginning i had to turn it off i can't follow that game i i don't want to do it to myself i don't want to see how these puzzles are done without jumping in because that's where the joy comes from uh with portal with braid with limbo which i'm playing right now for a review it's in sitting down getting stuck and then figuring it out for yourself it's interesting portal though because we were talking about this where you guys were at the office last week and uh i think for some people you know portal is probably like the antithesis of fun because it's so it requires such a level of kind of lateral thinking that I think it's going to be beyond a lot of people. And I think a lot it of people are going to, are going to see, for everyone. I, I looked at the video and I could see why it would be amazing, mm. you know, but I just thought I, I like the idea of it, but I just, yeah. I, I, I would, it's just not for me. I mean, I remember when you were playing the first one and it, you, you just saying it wasn't for you. Yeah, I, I just I think just, for people who aren't, going to let themselves be daunted by a challenge by knowing that you will get stuck the game is cleverer than you but can you stick with it i think for people who are willing to accept that challenge then you know portal There's 2 is the most that, exciting yeah. thing coming out i think is it what's interesting from my point of view you know knowing that i won't play it is is looking at the sort of valve and how clever they must be and how intricate their planning must be to be able to outwit gamers in in such a way you know i mean it really is testament to them as developers that they're able to give you this room and and have you know people a lot cleverer than me kind of stumped by it and yeah. i think that's that's incredible very really. few people can yeah. do that i think that's why braid blew so many people away it was years since we'd seen something that cl- okay there's indie games that that maybe do that as well but for a game to come out you know, mainstream and just stump people and, and show people, you know, games can be clever as well with their puzzles. It's not just find the red key for the red door. Yeah. Um, and again, I'll go back to it once more. That's why Limbo has got me really excited because it's another game that does that. Which, of course, well. you're playing at the moment. Yeah, after this podcast, we're going to go back and play it in the office a little bit more. I can't say too much because I think we're under embargo, but 53% of the way through it right now. And... I mean, I wrote a few, a few issues back after about the first 45 minutes worth of, of the game there and everything I said in that feature, just extrapolate that for, for what I've played so far. It's a, it doesn't dip in quality. Um, maybe it doesn't go up in quality either. It just stays brilliant throughout and I can't complain. So, um, I mean, I guess we haven't been playing a lot else in the office these past few weeks, have we? No one's been around to play yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> so skip what you've been playing. Yeah, and then jump straight to what you've been eating. <laughs> so, Matt's. Well, a, no, normally, you... like sometimes we we have our taste tests on the podcast, yeah. as people know. But it's always Mike. Mike, Mike was the one who came up yeah, with it. Yeah, I, I, I came up with this idea to feed these guys awful things, um, and and what and what success it's been. So uh, that's right, and how you've enjoyed it. Yeah, how we've all enjoyed it. So uh, kryptonite, remember that? The yeah, salt the, the salt flavored Puerto Rican, I think. Oh snack. dear. Well, I, I was in America obviously a couple of weeks ago for honeymoon, and I was thinking, you know what? It's pretty bad. I've never contributed to this. Yeah. I'm going to get something. So I went to a sweet shop, and later on the next day, by chance, I went to another shop as well in uh, in Jurassic Park, actually in Jurassic Park. Jurassic the Park, the, the theme park. Okay. <laughs> um, but first of all. So I've got three things for you guys to try. So first of all, let's start with this. Oh, here we go. This is called Toxic Waste. Right. <laughs> it comes in a yellow barrel with like green sli- green plastic slime coming out of it. It's hazard- 
hazardously sour candy. Um, what does it say? Caution, consuming more than one within a brief time may cause <laughs> irritation to mouth. Sensitive individuals should not consume this product. Uh, and then there's a challenge on the back. Saying, and that's what I'm just looking at. <laughs> on not the in a good way, says, but like, you know, in a way I'm about to vomit. <laughs> how long can you keep one in your mouth? And then it's time in mouth is 60 seconds, 45, 30, 15. And apparently if you keep it in your mouth for 60 seconds, you rate it as a full toxic head. There you go. This is going to strip the enamel off of our teeth. Yeah. There was something else. Where was it? It might have been... Oh, Get it open then. Well, it must have been on the label, but there was another one that says uh, you should have a few at once. But... A few at once. All right. Let's do a couple at once. Oh, oh, they're in, oh no, no, they're individually wrapped. Well, I'll so. just have one. I'm not, I'm not good on sour stuff. Or shall we, uh... So they're individually wrapped. Um, they're made by Candy Dynamics, made in Pakistan. <laughs> shall we uh, time it just to see if we can keep it in our mouth for 60 well, this seconds? This is going to be very interesting for our listeners, is it? Just <laughs> to hear us like... All right, so I've got a red one. Mm, you... Tim's got yeah, a green one. one. I've got a red one as well. All right, ready? Yeah. Go. No, it's pretty sour. <laughs> oh. Oh, God, they're horrible. It's not... Mm. No, it's bullshit. Or if you, as long as you suck them hard, quick, the sour curtain just comes off. Still pretty sour. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on toxic waste. That is rubbish. I've sucked the, I've sucked the sour off of it. Yeah, oh, actually, I have yeah. Yeah, you can. Look at Pella. Pella. Pella looks like he's just... <laughs> Is my mouth inverted? No, your eyes look like they're all bloodshot and stuff. What's it done to your brain? They're fine now. They're really mm. sweet. Well, I think we're all full toxy heads because we're easily going to have that in our the mouth. The inside is a little seconds. bit sour, but not very sour. All right, next. Oh, they're, oh, sorry, I just noticed. Apple. It says on the actual individual sweet what they are. There's apple and there's ugh, black cherry. Yeah, I could happily just munch those. <laughs> and... Has Blue it. raspberry, so we'll have some more later on. Yeah, M- right. Mildly toxic waste. Well, comes in a good little barrel, though. Have you, it, has it left a bit of a nasty aftertaste in your mouth, though? I'm still sucking it. Oh, okay. I was kind of hoping it was. Because it, it did, because... That's all right, I've got some mints for you. Oh, God. <laughs> I've got Uncle Oinkers bacon mints. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Savoury bacon mints. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm going to open this. Has anyone got a sharp object? Uh... Oh, hang on. No, it's all right. Zip. <laughs> Uncle, oh. Uncle what does it say on it? That's it. Uncle Oinkers Savory Bacon look? Can mints. I look? There you go. Where'd you get these then? Uh, just in a sweet No, this was just in a sweet shop. It contains dextro- dextrose, corn syrup, mag- magnesium stearate. Then it says bacon and mint flavours. <laughs> there we go. They're white like mints. And they taste like. <laughs> Take two, because it needs to overwhelm the taste of that okay, sour. Let me just um, ham. Oh, they smell like bacon. Well, they do as well. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh god. Right. Oh dear. Ready? Do it. Oh. No. Well, <laughs> it does taste like bacon. It does, yeah. Oh, it's all putting mint and bacon <laughs> together was a good idea. They're horrible. <laughs> they are. It's not like I think I'm going to puke horrible, but just like just unpleasant. Yeah, there's no way I'd ever put that in my mouth again. <laughs> oh, That's the same spin. I spit, pal. I don't swallow. <laughs> not that nastiness. Yeah, oh, it leaves leaves a load of bacon in your mouth as well. <laughs> it does. 
Well, you might want them in after what Pellet's got for you next, because I guessed what they were. When Pellet said I got the worst thing ever for us, I took a guess and I guessed right. From Jurassic Park theme park. Yeah. I have. <laughs> Cricketets. Crickets. Crickets. Sour cream and onion f- flavoured crickets. Insects, Tim. Not real crickets. Real yeah. crickets, like you feed to a friggin' lizard. Real dead crickets. Oh, it still tastes bacon. Let me have a look. They're real dead crickets. I'm afraid that is not going in my mouth. <laughs> oh, it, come on. <laughs> you got to rock the cricket. Now, on the plane, they're You're legs- a cricket fan. Oh, I can't even look at it. I don't, I don't <laughs> like stuff like that. Their legs came right, off in the plane. So it's just their bodies. These are fully crickets, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're whole crickets. I think we need they're, to. They're, I think what I'll do is I'll film you two <laughs> eating it, and then we can pop it up for people to see at I the same know, time. No, I don't film me. No, I don't film. Amount per serving, calories nine. Well, there you go. Oh, I'm not so, having. So, so their legs came off, unfortunately, on the plane. <sighs> not having. Yeah. I don't put. I'm not bear grills. I don't put insects. No, in my this mouth. is what I was thinking. You guys are always on about the difference between bear grills and raymers. Yeah, well, there is so, a difference uh, between bear grills and me. Is that bear grills goes out into the wilderness and eats insects? <laughs> I go home to my wife and eat dinner. Yeah, go home and eat fish fingers. <laughs> That's right. I'm not. Having, I'm man. not eating because they literally do look like insects. They, they are insects. Yeah. That's why they're crickets. They're, they're 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 I can't believe crickets. they actually sell yeah. insects. And you could also get like. Um, just love it like millworm stuff. Ingredients: then- crickets, <laughs> non-fat milk, cornstarch. The Americans love cornstarch, they do. don't they? Yeah, they put it on everything. Right. Do you want a headless one? Oh, oh God! There's I don't want to think there. about them having a head. Look at all the legs that have come off. Yeah, See, let's, let's look at that, shall we? It is the thing. It is the thing. Is that I, I can't eat anything that's still on got the paper, like just sprinkle them on the paper. Still yeah. got like its legs. Well, well, that's all right. right. You ain't got any legs. <laughs> <laughs> come off in the plane. Should we take some back for hoodie? Yeah, yeah take a hoodie. hoodie yeah, yeah, like it. Not striker. He's not very well at the moment. Oh, I don't know if I want this. Oh, come on. That's rank. Oh, look. What's that come off? His head? Yeah, yeah that's a head. Oh, <laughs> God. That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm not sure if I like this. That is absolutely disgusting. Give me a second. I've got to get some water. I'll leave that there for now. Me. You guys talk for a bit. <laughs> so definitely don't want a part of it, Tim. No, I'm not having. I'm not having a. Cri- to be honest, where I, are they in that plastic thing? I think we should take here. a picture of them so that people can see, or you can post it on the blog at the same time, and you, so people can see exactly what you're eating. I tell you what, if this podcast isn't recording, I'm going to double check that it's recording. I'm not. I'm not I mean, eating it, crickets. Well, no while you do that, I'll check. I'll keep talking. I mean, honestly, I'm looking at this, and it looks like a dead thing you'd find in a window yeah it does <laughs> like yeah. on the dashboard i think of your we car. need to put that onto our blog tomorrow <laughs> oh on friday when we when we put the uh put the podcast up, so people can see that the, these are actually crickets that you're eating right, right. go for oh, it oh, so <laughs> i just want to see yes horrible little it's horrible it's absolutely disgusting <laughs> it's horrible little wings and everything it's fucking nasty <laughs> i do it Ready? yeah go Oh, <laughs> it's not that bad. Oh, it fucking is. <laughs> oh, you just ate a cricket. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Down. Down. <laughs> oh, it's not even horrible. It's just the thought of it. Yeah. It's really dry and yeah. mealy. I'm probably going to puke in a few, a few minutes when I've realised what I've done. Oh, 
The thing is, as a cyclist, I swallow quite a few flies. <laughs> yeah, you cycle along the track and you get a bit of sweat on, you start breathing through your mouth, and then all of a sudden it's fly yeah. sea. But that's, you know, that's one thing. But actually, I mean, just seeing them in this packet was what made me decide that I wasn't going to... I mean, look at them. They look like they yeah. really look like the scrapings from a window. It's, it's the thought rather than the actual eating. Well, I mean, let me ask this. Not. How did they catch them? Don't know. Or did they just breed them? I don't know. And let me ask this. Who came up with the idea to put cr- crickets in a sweet and then shop? Sour cream. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. And then flavour them sour cream and onion. That but is... it didn't taste no, of sour cream no. and onion. It, it just is... tasted of dead bug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the quote for the month. <laughs> right. Let's move on to some questions then, Matt. Do you want some bacon mints to, re- <laughs> <laughs> to get rid of the taste of it? No, nah, some toxic waste, though. Ugh. Get got, on with the questions. Okay, I've got little leg bits in my mouth. <laughs> it's a bit gruesome there. Um, Mike, have you played Risk on XBLA? Yeah. Uh, someone, I'm, a big, I'm a best know, Risk man as well. Yeah, someone wants to know, what is your opinion of mm. Risk? Sour. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's a good version of Risk. Uh, I play Risk quite a lot with my friends, because uh, we're, we're board game idiots. Um, the problem with Risk is it's a really slow game. Always has been. It's a game where you um, you take a continent and you just turtle up for as long as you can. And then in the closing stages of the game, everybody just throws at, at the entire world at one another. And whoever's left standing wins. Uh, but this uses the rules from Risk 2008, mm-hmm. which was uh, originally known as Risk Black Ops. as prototype as Risk Black, Risk Black Ops. Is that that blackboard special yeah, edition? Yeah, the beautiful limited, special edition. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Well, the final game they released didn't have that beautiful blackboard, unfortunately. But it did have a brilliant rule set, which makes Risk playable in anywhere between an hour to an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, adds good strategy to it, gives you good objectives which keep you moving, okay. which make you make it worth pushing forward. So it stops being a game of turtling, and that's what they've made this game around. They've they really, they really built the game, you know, to be an aggressive yeah. game, which is what Risk should yeah, yeah. be. I mean, it really should. Um, so yeah, the best it's got this. It's a game with the best rule set ever, the best Risk rules you'll okay. ever play. But it's also got these other modes. Now, the other modes don't really care for them. Don't really, not really fussed about them. It's got all these crazy comedy mascots. Don't care about them either. Don't really give a damn. What you've got is an online-enabled version of the best best version of Risk ever. If you like Risk, it's essential. What about for someone just personally? I, I really enjoyed like the German board games, uh, Catan and Carcassonne, mm. Lost Cities. Well, anyone who so- likes board games will like Risk 2008. I mean, it's a, it's a great version of Risk. And go. I guess the official version these days. I mean, it's the version that they're producing. Flying Penguin 18 wants to know headphones or surround sound. Depends on the situation, really. I, I actually get better results from headphones all the time. Uh, it's because I've got a weird-shaped lounge, though, so my surround sound isn't... I think with headphones, you, you sort of... I don't know, I mean, maybe with a really expensive surround sound system, it's different. But with headphones, you, you do feel a little closer to the kind of action, you know, and... <clears throat> it's more annoying, though, when, like, the missus is yeah. asking you questions. You have to keep pulling them off. And, and the missus then. is like, why are you so ugly, or I'm leaving you. Yeah, why did I marry you? Yeah, why did I marry you? I've got a separate room in which I play games, um, and it's actually our kitchen. Uh, Some people people might call it a kitchen, I call it the game room. Uh, And I use a pair of 5.1 headphones in there, but that's not so much because I like the sound or anything, it's because my neighbour is learning to play a trumpet. Right. And he's been learning that for about two months now, and he hasn't got any better... I don't think he's going to be getting any better right. anytime soon. So I like to shut myself off from the world. Now, on top of that, the guy below me, he really likes drum and bass. And that's okay. I like drum and bass too, but not really when all you can hear is the bass part. Yeah. So that's not so good. And then 
I've also got a couple who live opposite me in the street who are both, let's say, there's there's plenty of them to go around. Mm. They're, a, they're a big couple. And yesterday, they were out washing the car, um, playing happy hardcore uh, and shaking their butts to, mm. to the music. That's pretty, yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm living on the wrong side of the track. So <laughs> good. A quick Those headphones are a godsend, let me tell you. Here's a quick story for you. Uh, when we lived in, uh, when we first moved in together in, in Bath, me and Mrs. Mrs. Weaver, uh, we had a flat and uh, it was a nice flat, actually. It was very small, but nice and cosy. Anyway, uh, about two nights in, we're sort of dropping off to sleep, and then we just hear tease me, tease me, tease me, tease me, babies coming up the, through the floor. I was like, right, we're playing Shakadimus and Pliers. Well, at least they're not playing it really loudly. <laughs> tease me, tease me, you know, like really boom, boom oh, through, right. the, through the frigging floor. And it went on and on and on. Of course, we'd only been in two days. I didn't want to have to go down there, so we let it go for a while. Next night it was tease me, tease me, tease me, tease, tease me, tease me. You know, it just went on and on. Anyway, about about I don't know four or five nights later, I said, right, I've had enough of this. So I went downstairs, and he opened his door. This guy, and it was com- a complete a drug den. You know, it was like full of like a, like it was like backdraft. You know, like the smoke came out of the place. I was like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I said, uh, sorry, mate. Can you just turn your music down? Just so we can't really, you know, we're finding it difficult to drop off to sleep. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry. And he was obviously stoned. He said, I'm oh, really sorry. Why don't you come in? I'll, I'll get you a drink. I said, no, honestly, it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm standing here in front of you in my boxer shorts and my T-shirt. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I don't. He said, no, come on in, come on in, come on in. And of course, I was thinking, well, maybe this will get into, you know, time to to... You know, sh- shut down his music yeah, a little bit. Yeah, if you're bit. friendly with your neighbours, yeah. then yeah, exactly. you're more neighbourly, right? So go in, uh, close the door, it freaking stinks in there. And uh, and he says, come over and have, have a look at what I've been doing here. So I go over and uh, he's uh, one of those guys who makes, like, puts, uh, creates ships in a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh, he's got this very elaborate, um, you know, very elaborate uh, sort of galleon inside a, uh, inside a bottle. And... Uh, I don't really didn't really understand how he managed to balance the whole being high on drugs yeah. with doing it with the whole precision yeah. work and yeah. shipping a bottle and but, being out of his mind. But to to be fair to him, it was a pretty good galleon. Pretty good, good yeah. Ship. It was <laughs> a, a strong boat. It was a strong boat. The whole time, his girlfriend, who was also who was Dutch, uh, and didn't speak great English, but you know she was nice enough. Uh, the whole time, who was also stoned, sat in the corner of the room, semi naked. Just staring. <laughs> I never saw that woman blink once for about half an hour, just staring. And after a while, I started to feel a bit uncomfortable about it. I, to be honest, I felt a bit uncomfortable about the whole well, thing. Where did Charlotte think you're, you you're, still, you're still in your boxer shorts? Yeah. This is half an hour. That's right. Yeah. I mean, she was obviously, when I got up, she was like, Where did you, what happened? And I recounted the story, and it sounded like the work of fantasy. But it was, it was a very surreal. After that, uh, Shakademus and Pies disappeared for about a couple of weeks, um, and then uh, they, the, yeah, they went and uh, and in its place we got um, simply red. So um, you know, it was the, me- the mellow sounds. Of yeah, the hey, simply. I, all all I can hear is bass. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know what. I can't even place the tracks he's playing. Mm. It's just bass. No. Tum, tum. Oh yeah, and he also plays video games really loud. Mm. So I sometimes hear gunfire. We sometimes oh. hear next door playing um, 
playing games like Mario in particular, sometimes like shooting games. But we were woken up this uh, this Christmas, like half seven, by uh, the climb. Is it the climb? Is that the the Miley Cyrus song? But it was oh, co- yeah, it was covered yeah. by is it yeah. the X Factor dude? Yeah, half seven. She- the climb. What day was this? Christmas day. So they got it for Christmas, right? Got it, it was for a Christmas. Gift. Oh, I wanted to sleep. Oh, stop. Tape finishes. Press play. The climb. <laughs> <laughs> she played it five times in a row, at least. When when we left the... Uh, and, uh, oh, and then it was throughout the day, it was playing like in 10 you know, blocks, blocks of 10 throughout. The all the, Even like going to bed, put your head down on the pillow. Oh, there's a climb again. When we, uh, when we left our flight, we moved to a... Um, a terrace house just on the outskirts of Bath. Very nice house. One side we had neighbours who were lovely. The other side we also had neighbours who was lovely. To, to be honest, she was she was a single woman. She was uh, never made any sound. Literally never heard her in the entire time we were there. Other than when I passed her, she could have been dead in there, and we would have never heard her. The other side we had a really nice couple who were there for a long time, and then they moved out, and this guy moved in, and um, we had uh, my wife's parents over from South Africa for a couple of weeks and they were asleep one morning. We were all asleep, actually, about half past four. And then all of a sudden, I just heard... <laughs> I sort of... I'm, I'm, quite a, I'm quite a heavy sleeper normally, but I, I was awake for some reason. And I turned around and Charlotte hadn't woken up and it was just... <laughs> getting louder and louder and louder. Yeah. I was, I, and then Charlie woke up and said, well, what's that? And I said, I don't know. And he's like, ha, ha. I said, I said, it sounds like a dolphin. And I said, I'm going to have to go next door. You've got, and- the thing is, you've got like a form for this, because remember the seagull calling your name? That's right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I went next door and I, I knocked on the door and he's playing that like whale kind of dolphin Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stuff you sound. buy at like Bristol Zoo's gift Awful, shop. Awful, though. It's yeah. the worst thing. And it was just, it was, <clears throat> I, I couldn't pinpoint what it was. I thought, to be to be honest, to start with, it was him having sex. And then I realised that, it, it, you know, not, no, not, not, even, that. not even Pee Wee Herman has sex like that, you know. See, I live next to a middle aged uh, single woman a while ago, and she loved uh, two things opera music and <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I think that's why it was. Either that or she was just winding us up. I like to think that she was just winding us up. But every now and again, you'd hear, like, things happening. And it would always finish with a... <laughs> and it was... Uh, and that was when I started wearing earplugs. Right, yeah. To this day, I wear earplugs to bed. Right, okay. Even, like, you know, let's go to sleep alongside my girlfriend, plug the earphones in, and I'm out, done, yeah. gone. What about, don't you uh, worry about missing the alarm? When my sister was at nah, Bristol Uni, it, it, her, it friend, that. her friend uh, missed his morning exam, his finals, oh. because he wanted a good night's sleep and he put in ear, earplugs because the, like, the fire alarm was used to wearing them. Like... Uh, and yeah, slept through the alarm, got up like a few hours after the, uh, after oh, the exam. Oh, I slept good last night. Oh, <laughs> you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, my whole been... life has just gone oh, down I the toilet. What, there's nothing worse than that when you've got an appointment to meet and you wake up and you yeah. look at the clock and it's just like, oh. Yeah. Right. Oh well. Um, next question. Yeah. <laughs> Scum breath, which is probably what I'm. Uh, I've got right now. What excellent, after the cricket. What excellent name. Uh, wants to know what is the what for you is the ultimate gaming snack. Please don't say rustler burgers. 
Oh, um, uh, we I'm I don't eat, say... I don't eat no microwave friggin' burgers. No. I just have like um I, I don't always snack while I eat. I sometimes have like some crisps or like some pretzels, some salted pretzels. Well, see, I'm me and Tim and I aren't blessed with your metabolism, yeah. Matt. So I don't actually snack while I eat. No, I, I, don't keep to, I keep to a really strict high protein diet. Mm. I tend I, not to I often, pump but... iron. <laughs> I don't so I, ju- I just chew iron filings. Do you want to take them that toxic waste? That can be your gaming snacks for a few days. It strip me enamel off my teeth. I get really sensitive teeth as well because my teeth are my weak spot. It's like my Achilles heel, my Achilles teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, um, snack wise, there are some good snacks though, which are kind of, you know, you say fruit is okay. I've been munching on plums the last couple of days. The thing is, for me, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a line in there somewhere. Yeah. See, for me, I, I don't want to let go of the pad too much. And like with an apple, I'd be like, uh, oh yeah, you can't have anything too juicy, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why pretzels. Uh, but I don't, don't want, I don't want greasy right. snacks as well because you get that all over the controller. Yeah. Like, like I get pissy. I get pissy if anyone touches my my gaming gear with greasy hands. Like that's that's, and that's mm. unacceptable. Uh, cheese strings, perfect, perfect snack. Oh, cheese strings is never the perfect. Cheese, snack. cheese strings are um, Satan's log. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what I would do. It's not like do. Baby Bell's nice. I do occasionally break out the old cheese and crackers. That's, a, that's some civilised gaming <laughs> that is, that's Again, that's too fiddly. I like, I like a good cheese and crackers, but that's yeah. too fiddly. Yeah, it's got to be a game you can pause, though. A mm. game you can, where you can put, put the controller down. If you're playing online, no, there's, online. There, is, there no. is no gaming. God, it's at that point, you need a straw. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, at least you got yours for tonight, Matt. It, my yeah. crickets, yeah. There oh, don't, I, I actually look ill now, looking at that. It, seriously, it was about... I, I was there in the shop, I was like, I'm going to get them. No, I'm not. Oh, but imagine their faces. No, I can't. We went on a ride. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get... No, I'm not. Oh, you, sorry, you I'll get to it. eat them as well, right? Yeah, so. well, I thought, well, you know what? I'll buy them. And if I if I decide I don't want to, I don't have to turn up. But I did it and I regret it. But I, I don't feel right. For <laughs> like so much in your it life. Isn't I feel bad? It like sick to my stomach. Right? I just don't feel right. I feel like I've got like, I've chewed some A4 paper and it's sat in my stomach. It just doesn't and sit so well with me. Like I ate a bug. Well, they look disgusting. I don't even know how you managed to eat it in the first place. I mean, it's, it's literally it looks wings and legs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but it's for the listeners, Tim. It's for the listeners. But they can't fully appreciate yeah, how screw disgusting the listeners. they look. I'm not eating another one of them. But um, okay, no gaming snacks. Don't have one of those uh, nasty burgers. Have yourself um, or those wonderful burgers that uh, wrestlers might send us some. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. I'll tell you something about wrestlers. We may have told, told this before on um, on the podcast, but uh, hoodie art editor hoodie. He's a big fan of wrestlers' burgers. So much so that we, we wrestlers once did send us a carton full of burgers and it sat on top of, you know where our like cabinets are, our, <laughs> our filing cabinets? Sat on top of there um, for quite a while, I'd say about six months. And then um, Hoodie has got a ravenous appetite. Yeah, you know, like he's eating all his... Eating he's another guy with a hyper metabolism as well. Yeah, he's eating all his, his lunch by about 10 a.m. And uh, he said, I'm so hungry. I said, well, there's some wrestlers burgers up there. I, I was joking. Yeah. That it came in six months ago. He's like, oh, brilliant. So he took a couple around in the microwave and he, he ate them. Yeah, he smashed them. Yeah, and he's obviously got an iron constitution because he never had any problems. Well, I'll say this about any microwavable burger. I'll say this about it. It's no good, but it's, it's nasty good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. when you when you need one, when you need a quick fix burger. Yeah. It's like it's when you like, go to the oh, greasiest... It's not like a drug addict. So you go to the greasiest burger joint and you're like, yeah. oh man, I don't want that horrible fried chicken. I don't want that horrible burger, but oh, it looks nasty yeah. good. Yeah. Sorry, it looks really nasty good. Nom, yeah. nom, we, nom. we were talking about this yesterday in the office, weren't we, about, about burgers, <laughs> you know, from... Yeah, well, well, the establishments we won't name, obviously, yeah. but you know, you you go in and you think, oh, I shouldn't really, but man, they taste good. Yeah, they hit the spot, right? They do. They yeah. deliver. Yeah, 
And you, even as you're eating them, you're thinking, I hate myself. Yeah. But, you, oh, this yeah. tastes good. This tastes yeah, good. I yeah. All I eat now, I just love a good Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pellet. Go on then. Um, I think this guy's uh, probably... He's got loads of questions. He's got, got about 15 questions, so I think we'll just have the best yeah. one. Aaron Edwards. Well, there are a few that we could pick, but yeah, Aaron Edwards... Yeah, there's still a couple. we got, got about 10 minutes. Well, first of all, well, five just because we were chatting about Portal 2 earlier, he wanted to know... What the situation with with her is with Half Life Episode Three? Um, oh whether it's God, I mean, nobody knows. No one could have predicted that after Episode Three, would we would have had two Left for Deads and two Portals. So two, yeah. Sorry, Episode Two. Like in that period, yeah. we've had two Left for Deads, two Portals. That's unreal. Yeah. yeah. So we don't know. Yeah, it's not. It's Valve's engine. I mean, a speculation <laughs> that um, people are gonna they're gonna wheel out a new engine with Episode Three, but mm. oh, who knows, man? Yeah. Who knows? Do you want to pick one, Mike? Oh, there's right. a big old list there for I just, you. I just sit and read these where you guys just yeah, challenge yeah. yourselves. You sure you don't want to cricket, Tim? No, I'm, I'm all right, actually. Ooh. I don't. Do you want just a head? No. Just, just have the head. I don't want to eat anything <laughs> that it looks like it's oh, been it's crawling head. around in some horse dung. Anyway, I can actually do these, almost all of them, super fast, because most of them are just questions about games. Very quickly, what happened to the leg? There was a leg on it. It's gone. I had it, it's... and I flexed it for a while, and then I just chucked it away. It's going to okay. be coming out your rectum tonight. <laughs> so check out. Do you know if they're ever going to release another Star Wars Battlefront on the 360? Uh, as far as we know, Free Radical were working on one. Yeah, it it's was been, It's been canned now. It's handed over to Zipper. Yeah. Guys who do SOCOM, they've canned it. Um... So sort of word trips you've been on. What about the best? Now, nah, I mean, it's not. It's not worth rubbing no, our no. You know, willies in people's faces. Um, not even our girlfriends. If you had to name your top ten games last ten years, what would it be? That's a big question. No, Can't Elder Scrolls One and Two coming to be released on Xbox Live. I don't very think unlikely. it's very likely. No, it would be great, but it's unlikely. Original Metal Gear or Solid on the marketplace? Yeah, it takes so, a hell of a lot of porting, man. Yeah, a hell so. of a lot of porting. Uh, you know, Valve. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think? What, what, what would you think if Microsoft and Sony? Here's the question. This is the last question we'll do. What do you think if Microsoft and Sony gave up on the console war and decide to join up and create a console together, in perhaps with hopes of crushing the Wii? We might be out of a job. Nah, we wouldn't be out of a job, man. It would be so nice just to have one box under the TV. Yeah, It'd but be we've so got nice. Then we'd have two official mags and two That's unofficial mags. A lot of magazines. We might be out of a job. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it'd be so nice just to have one box under the TV mm. which does everything. You know, it would just be really, really nice. I think. It won't uh, happen. But it'll then, never happen. 15 years ago, people were saying Sonic could never be on Nintendo platform. Look where we are. It'll take someone to go under it. I can't really see either yeah, I mean, Sony or Microsoft backing Microsoft down. and Sony are so huge mm. and also such proud companies and yeah. also such... Bi- so different as well. So, one a Western company, yeah. one a Japanese such, company. Such business uh, uh, zealots that they're never going to... You know, they're always going to be one of winning. They're always going to be one of the winner. I guess could be a possibility is some kind of unified standard one day. Mm. Some like maybe a console standard yeah. where everyone where all of the manufacturers come together like they do a DVD and say this is going to be our standard for the next 10 yeah. years or 20 years or whatever you know and just stick to it mm. that, that would be real nice you know just to, uh, just to accept that all consoles from any manufacturer whether it's Microsoft Sony Nintendo or you know Sharp Samsung and LG every box will contain basically the same bits it will just be a different case maybe we'll be fortunate someday to see some cross platform Play. I mean, that's obviously the big sticking point with Final Fantasy XIV. Why that's yeah. allegedly not coming to 360 because Microsoft don't Live want their very close system, yeah. players to play with anyone else. But uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll back down in the future and we'll see some progress in that field. Yeah. 
So thanks for your questions. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll definitely let you know on Facebook or on uh, Twitter whether uh, Mike and uh, Matt uh, even turn up for work tomorrow based on having eaten insects. Um, but yeah, do do get on our Facebook and Twitter if you aren't already and, and send us your questions. And, and yeah, we, we do get on there every day. We do look at what you write and uh, we do try and respond as much as possible. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.